All right, welcome back for um, stage two in my three-week break. Um, I know the first stage was a little heavy, um, but I'm really encouraged uh, to be sharing what stage two looks like. It's still not completely as God-centered as what it could be, but regardless, I believe that the lessons that I learned were so powerful uh, that it has really just... Yeah, it has just brought a, a, another degree of depth to my Christian walk. So, um, yeah, come and join me and, and find out what happened in stage two. All right, so as we, um, as I shared with the last episode, so stage one of my three-week break was very messy. It was a little full-on. And, yeah, um, feel free to listen to that episode and understand sort of why I was where I was at that stage. Um, but... What I decided was in this next stage of, well, it was actually the first stage of the week, of the three weeks, I decided that I did not want God to be part of this three weeks. I intentionally decided, you know what, praying is just not positive at all. Uh, studying my Bible and seeking guidance through God's word was not improving anything in this whole situation. So I I say it and, I mean, I say that I, I went into this three weeks as an unbeliever, um, but it wasn't so much that I was an unbeliever, but more so that I decided I was putting God to one side for this period. Uh, I don't think I negated the fact that God existed. I don't think so much that it was that. It was just I just wasn't, I wasn't satisfied with the outcome that had occurred during the six-month period. Uh, based on the decisions that I had made, based on um, yeah different changes that I had made in my life, and all of that was a result of what had happened with this group of people. So as a result of that, yeah, I, I just was. It wasn't that I was questioning God. I was maybe doubting God. I was maybe doubting God, um, believing that um, yeah God would bring about restoration for me personally as as an individual. Not so much restoration within that group, within that particular person um, that did the the hurtful things, but more so I was just like, okay, God, I'm leaving that chapter behind. Um, yeah, can can you get me through this? And I did not expect it to be a six month process. I thought it would the the healing and um, all the torment of my mind would have ceased. In less time than six months, clearly. Um, I felt that I was slipping into a place that was not good. It was just, everything was just getting darker. I couldn't see any light in that situation. And I thought, you know what? Let me take take all the pressure off God because clearly he's not coming through with this. Um, and yeah, I just didn't want to be with God. I think that's probably the, the best thing because uh, God wasn't working for me. So I went into this the, the first week. Um, I, I came across uh, this podcast, and because I'm into podcasting now, um, I, I listened to this, po- I, I came across this podcast, and it is from a person who is not Christian at all, and yeah, I can't even remember how I came across it. I do believe that God, in his providence, considering where I was, he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, you silly little girl, um, let me show you. Let me show you what life is like. And I still believe that even through this podcast, as unchristian as it is, and I don't want to recommend it either for anyone, only because the host 
yeah, he's a little loose with his mouth, so language is, is a little inappropriate, um, but, and inappropriate within reason, so don't start thinking that he just has a complete gutter mouth, but um, he definitely, the language is probably isn't as, as kosher as it would be for most people, so I'm not going to recommend or suggest or even tell you who that is, but the the podcast series that he was doing was basically all around people that were entrepreneurs, extremely successful people who had achieved a lot, accomplished a lot. It was, you know, um, extremely successful athletes, um, business people. It was just people that had it all together. But something happened. They had a traumatic experience which shifted their journey. And it was really interesting because as I started listening to all these testimonies of people sharing, you know, what their life was like before the trauma and what was life after the trauma, I didn't even realize. I'm like, oh, hello, this is just, this is pretty much, you know, my life. And as I looked, you know, one of the other things too that I really want to say is that um, self-pity is addictive. And I have always struggled with self-pity to a certain degree but obviously, based on my shielded life, I haven't really had many situations where I can just roll around in my self-pity. But this situation definitely was one of those, and, and hence why it was six months of just absolute torment. But as I looked at the examples of these people and just what their life went, like what they went through, one of the biggest things that I felt I personally was able to open my eyes and look and see was that there's always worse situations. Now, I know that in when I was going through all my stuff, the last thing I wanted people to say was, hey, you know what, life could be worse. You know, your situation isn't that bad. I believe that, and I remember um, Dr. Denzi, he was doing a prayer meeting at, um, at church, um, and Dr. Denzi is from the Adventist Reflections podcast. He was doing a um, just a reading and a study from Job. And we started talking about, you know, everything that Job went through and how he dealt with it and, you know, how, you know, clinically he was going through a certain degree of depression and all that sort of stuff. And, and it was really quite interesting. And I remember coming out of that prayer meeting and thinking, we all have Job moments. Now, we may not have lost our family. We may not have lost all our assets. We may not have lost everything. But there are different things in life that will cause us to feel like we're having a Job moment. Now, I will give you the example. There are people who have become suicidal because they were bullied at school. And that is one example for me. There is an example there is other people who became suicidal because their business, you know, went bust and they went bankrupt. And then there are other people who became suicidal because they lost a loved one. Now, the response to those situations was the same. They felt there was no point in living life. They felt like they they couldn't surpass the pain that came because of these situations, the failure, the mistakes, the response was still they were suicidal. However, the situations were very different. If, if I was to have a look and, you know, look at bullying, I'd be like, oh, you know what, bullying's only for a period in high school. Then, you know, you get back and you go out of the world and into the world and you work and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, bullying was just a period that you experienced in high school. That was for me. For someone that's bankrupt, you can say, "Hey, you know what? It, it's all good. You know, you can you can rebuild everything. You can you can you know start a new business. You can try and you know save up money again, and it can be restored." But then you'd look at someone who has lost someone. Then you would feel like that was the most appropriate 
or maybe the response is more valid when you lose a loved one than when you're being bullied. So we can really devalue people's situations, but at the same time, the way that they feel in those situations, we can't devalue. So for me, this whole situation has been a little bit of like a Job moment. Um, It definitely was somewhere where I was like, can the world get any worse? But there was definitely stuff that I wasn't taking into consideration. And obviously that was just because there was a lot of stuff that I was trying to deal with on top of this situation and and on top of all my insecurities and self-esteem issues and all that sort of stuff. So it it seems there was a lot of darkness around. So it was very hard to see the glimpses of light. Um, So I I do want to bring that out. But as I listened to all these podcast interviews and I was just amazed at people's determination like they're just their mental willpower was just overwhelming like they were so strong mentally now not physically there were different situations so one uh, was a was um um this this guy that owns a gym um most of them were either australian or new zealand um people that were being interviewed um and he had a gym in brisbane and his wife was was killed in an, as she was walking to work and a car lost control. I'm not sure what the situation was, but uh, hit his wife and she she died as a result of the injuries that she sustained during the accident. Now, he had, you know, obviously they're all entrepreneurs, so he had a very successful online business with his gym and he, had, he was just months away from opening this new gym and this is when uh, his wife passed away. And as he shared of his experience, you know, he went through so much darkness, he went through so much stuff, but he came out at the other end. Um, then there was another lady who she had just been um, invited to train with the Canadian uh, Winter Olympics team. And she was doing some training in Sydney and they were doing a, they were doing some cycling. So they were cycling from Sydney to the Blue Mountains and on the way there a truck hit her and she became a paraplegic and that was it, that was the end of the career. And in all these situations they said, you know, the things that we valued the most were the things that got stripped from us. The things that we valued and gave us so much of our wealth and our of our value and our identity were the very things that we were stripped from. And it was during these situations that they they realized, you know what? Now what? Now what? Um, I I can't be an athlete anymore because now I'm a paraplegic. And uh, this particular gym owner, he's like, you know, now what? I've lost the most precious person in my life. Now what? You know, I, I have a business. I have success. I have, you know, a certain amount of fame. And he's like, but that means nothing. And as they share their story of how they overcame these traumatic experiences, they just, they were able to get beyond it. And they said, you know, and this is what, and I really want you to understand too, obviously with the Christian mindset, I find sometimes, and this is just from my personal experience, when I do, when we have our evening devotions and do our evening worship with our daughters, Sometimes my youngest, Naomi, so we will read the story and let's just say it was about Noah. Okay, let's say it was about Noah and the ark and we'll say to Naomi, we'll be like, um, so what did we learn about that story? And then Naomi will be like, God is love. 
And I'll be like, yeah, that's really cool, sweetie. How do we see that God is love in that story? And she's like, because um, Jesus died on the cross. I'm like, okay. I'm like, but that, that story didn't really talk about Jesus on the cross. And she's like, oh, because um, Jesus loves us so much that he was willing to die. I'm like, okay, but the story wasn't really about that. And then sometimes we'll just, we'll ask her a question and we'll be like, um, I just can't think of any examples now, but we'll ask her a question and she'll be like, because the Bible says so. We have these automated responses to situations, I believe, within Christianity. When people are going through certain things or when, you know, life sucks, there's this idea of just, oh, let you know, that's, that's God. God is polishing you and, oh, God is refining you. We have a very automated response to each situation without really understanding what that situation means. And I think for me personally, what I had got to, I'm like, okay, I'm going through some stuff that really sucks right now. Let me just pray a bit longer or let me just read my Bible a little bit longer. Let me study the, the issues and the things that people went through in the Bible and let me come out on that, you know. For me, I did all of that. Like I'm sitting here in my office and I'm looking at all these Bible verses that I have put on my wall that was specific to get me through every single mental thought that I had regarding negativity. Um, I have like, I have put, you know, I put words um they're all on my wall of things that are to remind me of my my self-worth to remind me of the things that are special about me the things that God has given me the talents the gifts I have that all on my wall and trust me I look at it and I'm like it's empty words why because I I feel that in the particular situation where I was with no matter how much you tell me I'm a daughter of God no matter how much you tell me that you know uh, God is with me as, you know, God is crying every tear. I got to the point at the beginning of these three weeks, I'm like, if God is crying every tear, why doesn't he stop the tears? Why is he still allowing me six months later to still be crying about what happened with these people and the situation? And I decided, you know what? I'm like, thanks for your help, God, but you actually aren't really doing anything. This is how I felt and this is how it can feel at times. That's how Job felt. That's how Elijah felt. Um, and yeah, even Jesus felt it. So we really need to understand that that is the depth of hopelessness that we can get to. And that is the depth of feeling that God really hasn't got our back. So as I looked at all these podcasts, the one thing that I just learned was I'm like, these guys have determination. I remember one of them saying, you know, he's like, I refuse to see negativity. And I'm I'm very negatively, I have a negative bias. Um, most of the people that are close to me, are, Charlie always tells me. She's like, speak some life into you. Um, don't, don't do that. Um, she'll always remind me, like, just the way that I speak, I just... I always express negativity. Someone compliments me and I'll just say something negative in response. Um, so I do have that tendency. So when you're in a traumatic experience, good luck trying to find the positive. But this particular guy through the death of his wife, he's like, I just, I was always positive in the way that I saw life. He's like, I was brought up like that. Therefore, through this situation, it was a lot easier for me to surpass it 
by trying to see the positive. He's like, it was very hard. Um, it didn't come as naturally as it would in other situations, but I made sure that I, I stayed positive. Now, for me, the situation was always negative. There was all negative stuff that came by around it and all the stuff that I had to deal with. So it was very hard, but I realized, you know, we must remain positive. And I did not remain positive. I can guarantee you that. And um, the other thing is that they just were disciplined. And by disciplined, you know, I, I don't mean, you know, they were disciplined and I'm going to brush my teeth. And they were disciplined in keeping their life in order. Now, not in order and avoiding the pain. Because uh, they definitely went through the pain. They definitely said, yeah, I'm, I'm not having a good day today. And they said that, you know, this particular guy, he said, I would cry. I would cry for three hours. But then I'd be like, okay, let's move on. Um, so you, you definitely go and feel the pain. You you walk that path. But you don't let it be something that this is what it's going to be like every day. And that was one thing that I realized with me. I, I hadn't maintain some sort of discipline, some sort of structure. Um, I basically was just like very helpless. I'm like, just let me keep drowning in this pit instead of keeping to certain things, remaining to committed to that structure. And there was another, um, the, the, um, the snow athlete that the chick that did, um, I think she was, a, I think she did skiing or snowboarding. Um, so this particular lady, when she says of her story, she says, you know, I couldn't walk. I'm in a wheelchair. She's like, all I've ever done was use my legs and my legs were what gave me value. And she's like, she says she was sitting in a wheelchair and in her own way. So she's in Christian, but in that particular situation she said she prayed she said she got really low and she prayed and she said all right god i'm here i don't know why i'm here but what are you going to do with me now and that was that was all that she prayed for and she said she looked up out she looked out the window and she looked into the sky and a plane flew by and she said that was just from there she was like i'm going to fly she's like i can't walk anymore but i'm going to fly so she she started doing taking uh, flying lessons, and she became a pilot. And now she's one of those pilots that um, do tricks in the air and stuff. And not only does she do that, but she teaches it. And I realized within Christianity, and I know I, know I have had I've spoken with people that are atheists, and they just say Christianity is for weak people. It's because when you hit rock bottom. You don't know what else to do, so you reach out to this God who's supposed to fix everything, who's supposed to make you stronger, who's supposed to change you, and weak people go to God. And I never I never agreed with it. I did understand it. I did see, yeah, that, that sounds pretty, that's a logical way of thinking through that. But I didn't necessarily agree, and I, I believe for me, and, and maybe this may be applicable for other people, I think we come to a point where we just think, let me just pray about all of this, and God's got to fix it. What I came to realize after I saw the determination and just the strong will and just the strong mental processes that these people go and there were many cases it wasn't just these two but these two were the first ones that I listened to that really just opened my eyes so that I could understand what I listened to with the other testimonies that people were sharing with their traumatic experiences is that we can become weak when we expect God to do everything now I'm going to give you this example if we pray and ask God to help us to wake up in the morning to spend time with him in prayer and devotion and study 
and our alarm goes off at six o'clock, if we have enough will to turn that alarm off and roll over and stay in bed, then we have enough will and determination to pull the covers up and get out of bed. And I believe for me personally, I think I have gotten to the point where I have relied on God to do a lot of things that I can do for myself. And as I went into this week, I was impressed, I was inspired, I was encouraged, I was motivated by people who just were able to do things with their own strength, their own will. They didn't pray to God, they didn't recite Bible verses, they didn't, um, you know, go to like community groups to try and get them to overcome, you know, whatever situation. They just got off their butts and dealt with the stuff themselves. And I realized that for six months, all I had done was allow God to be the one that had to get me out of bed, be the one that had to change my way of thinking, be the one that um, God just had to do this miracle that actually didn't need a miracle. It just needed me to be more determined in my head and in my mind that I can get through this. Um, my husband, so he's funny because he never really liked watching, you know, Christian movies. That was never really his thing. It never has really been my thing. I mean, I like watching movies and obviously I don't really watch non-Christian movies. I only watch like um, true story kind of um, movies that are about real life situations. That That's the kind of movies that I like to watch. But yeah, he has a thing now. I believe he's been given a gift of finding really good Christian movies. Now, some of them are like your typical, like really sort of corny kind of everyone expects the ending to be the way it is. Um, but yeah, even then, you know, we still come out of the movie and we're like, oh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty encouraging. But he came across this one movie and it's called The Prayer Box. And we watched this before my three week break. And I must say, by the like the third stage of the break, it just reaffirmed a lot of things and I won't go into too much detail but what basically the movie is about there's a little boy his sister is sick and she's dying from cancer and he's like he's, he shows you him having a conversation with his little sister and he's like don't worry I'm gonna make sure that God notices us so that he answers your prayers he's like I'm gonna make sure it was almost let me make sure that I earn God's willingness to answer your prayer and heal you so he he decides that he's going to start working at the church. And I won't tell you, it's a long, a long story, but anyway, um, they have a prayer box. And he sees the pastor empty out the prayer box after service. And he empties out the box and puts it straight into the rubbish. And the little boy is just in shock because he's like, he didn't even read the prayers. Like he didn't even, you know, pray over this prayer box. He's like, all he did was just empty it out and put it back ready for the next week. So this little boy, determined to gain God's favor and determined to make God notice him so that his prayer can be answered for his sister's healing, starts reading every single prayer before it gets thrown out. So he volunteers to work at the church and clean the church. And part of cleaning that was that he would get to clean out the prayer box and then he could read the prayers. And he decides he's going to start answering people's prayers. Now, the movie goes through different scenarios. You don't know what the prayers are. You just see the little boy do things. So one example is that he goes to a secondhand shop or a thrift store and he buys a baseball glove and a baseball. 
and he goes, wraps it up, puts it in a little box, and he uses his money that he earned. He uses his money that he earns and takes it and drops it, you know, anonymously at the house where this little boy lived. The next week, the mother comes, come, the little boy's mother, the one that received the baseball and the glove, she comes to church the next week and she says, you know, I just want to thank God because God has answered this prayer. My son has been wanting, you know, a baseball glove and a ball for so long, but I don't have any money. So I just, I couldn't, you know, get the money together to give him that. And this week it just miraculously appeared out our door and he was so happy. The movie does that. So you go through the movie and the little boy does multiple things. He, he buys with his money. He starts getting paid for cleaning the church and um, he just answers people's prayers and there's a revival within the church because people think that God is answering these prayers in miraculous ways. And as I reflected on a little bit of what has been happening through the six months, I felt like I was constantly adding to this prayer box, asking God to do all these great things for me, to do all this healing, to do all this, you know, just changing my way of thinking when... I could do it myself and I obviously didn't have enough of an understanding maybe because I've just fallen into oh let's just pray about it and when God does that God will be able to you know that's when I'll overcome this that's when I'll be over this and that's when I'll be above it but I realized as I started putting all the things together that God was showing me and specifically as I looked at these non-believers I'm like man if they can sort their lives out after like really traumatic experiences this lady is paralyzed this guy has lost the love of his life like honestly the guy loved his wife you can just hear it I'm like how can I not get over this and and what the you know what this particular person with this group of people did I'm like I have to be able to just take responsibility for what I can do by myself and not just keep throwing it back on God. And and I think that in situations when we're really low like that, um, yeah, the best thing we can do is just to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, there's a certain degree of strength that God has given us. We, we don't have to necessarily believe that we are completely weak in every situation and that we can't surpass things without it being like a miraculous oh I just woke up today and everything was better no there are things that we actually can do to make it um, yeah to make the process start there, there was a study that was done uh, through a university in America and they asked people what is can you name one of the ten commandments and um stevie just message sent me a message just yesterday about it and i was like yeah that, that's exactly what i'm talking about and it was talking about that um what the commandment which one of the could they list one of the commandments and one of the commandments that came out on top as being the one that people could recite was god helps those who help themselves now, clearly that is not one of the Ten Commandments, but for some reason, society has this idea that God helps them that help themselves. And this is what people thought were part of the Ten Commandments. And I want to be really, like, I want to just make it really clear. I don't believe, everything that I'm saying is not in regards to salvation. It's not really in regard to you know, saving ourselves and all that kind of stuff. It's not a legalistic mindset. So please 
don't get me wrong in the sense of this is applicable to salvation, um, even to sanctification to a certain degree. So please just put that on another side because that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. This is talking about us going through traumatic experiences and how we can overcome them without actually expecting God to just fix it and, you know, have like a like a magic wand and everything will just be like pretty and like a fairy tale. That's what I'm talking about. So in this particular situation, uh, with this, you know, people believing that God helps those that helps themselves, I believe that within the Christian journey, there are moments where that is applicable. Uh, God can only help us if we're willing to help ourselves. It's not really a biblical um, principle in that is not really stated in the Bible as a Bible verse, but we can definitely see examples of that. Uh, they're the lepers, the 10 lepers, they had to come to Jesus. They had to come to Jesus in order for Jesus to help them. They had to help themselves and have enough determination and enough perseverance and enough faith to say, all right, we're going to go find this Jesus guy and we're going to ask him to do what he needs to do. And um, when Naaman, he had to dunk himself seven times in the river. So there's certain things that I believe we still have to do and God can only help us to get beyond that as long as we're willing to take credit for the things that we need to take credit for. Um, it was really important as I listened to all these, these podcasts of these people that, you know, don't believe in God, um, they were like, I, I refuse to stop, you know, reading. I refuse to stop trying. I refuse to stop, um, you know, the, with the particular, the lady that uh, was paraplegic. She's like, I refuse to try and do physio. She's like, I was determined I was going to walk again and I was going to do everything I could to walk again. But if I didn't, that was okay. Uh, I remember her saying that she used to get her mum to take her to the flying lessons. And she's like, my mum and my instructor had to pick me up off the wheelchair and put me into the plane because I could not get there. That woman could have said, you know what, there's just no hope. Let me just sit in my wheelchair. This is the end of my journey. This is what my life will be now. But she said, no, let me find something else that will give me purpose, that will continue to stretch me, that will continue to grow me, that will continue to give me more skills so that I can live a fulfilling life. And so she she took that, that answer to prayer from the plane and said, yeah, I am going to go and begin flying lessons. She could have said, you know, God, when you heal my legs, I will go and fly. No, she went and did that even though she was in a wheelchair. And I think that that is really important for us to take into this. And, and you know, maybe it may be helpful for other people who maybe looked at, at traumatic experiences the way that I have been looking at it for the past six months. God, you fix it. Um, God, you restore it and not actually do anything for myself. Um. I also believe that as I as I listened to all these non-believers, there were many elements of their walk that I want to share in the final stage of of this three-week journey because it was then that God was like, he just put the two things together. He's like, now you've learned from unbelievers. Now you can tie that in with your Christian walk. And I believe that because of that, because of seeing what unbelievers go through and the experiences and just their way of dealing with adversity, it was 
I believe now it has given me a better understanding of what my Christian journey is going to be like. And as adversity continues to present itself, because guess what? Humans suck. Um, I've officially decided decided that. Um, and I say that with a lot of attitude because I'm like, you humans suck. Like humans suck. And um, yeah, one thing I've definitely learned is that people can be, people can say a lot. People can promise a lot but they suck. Um, and yeah, the less that we expect people to live as we live, uh, the less that we can expect people to, uh, I suppose, have the same values, have the same, um, principles as we do. Yeah. You know what? The less disappointing that life and humanity will be in general. So yeah, I've come to expect nothing from everyone and no matter what you say, I'm like, I am taking your words like a grain of sand. Like I am not, there is no weight over like validness or I am like, yeah, prove me wrong before, before I prove you right. Um, that kind of mentality, but yeah, it has definitely given me a different understanding of experiences and of trauma, specifically trauma related to people. Um, I don't know how I will able to process it in in a in a different application, um, especially when it. Oh, and that's another thing that I I learned from all these podcasts, and the host is very good. He'd always bring it up. So people would share how they had like some sort of experience where they just became very more like a lot more aware of humanity. They became aware of the universe, obviously, because they're not Christian and they became aware of the fact that the world is unjust. Universe is unfair. Uh, we all have a different lot given to us and some people have a very smooth ride and other people have a really messed up ride and there's nothing that we can do to determine that or to place that upon ourselves and as I looked as the host went through he would always say to the people he's like depending on you know where however he was interviewing them he's like all right so what happened to make you think like that why now are you so much more aware of the reality of the human existence and he would always say was it a loss was it the death of someone was it um, a health issue? Was it um, a failed business venture or something that caused, um, you know, that there was, you weren't successful? Um, so it was always related to some sort of relational loss. Then it was related to like health, an uncontrollable a traumatic experience, something that you just couldn't actually assess by yourself. Um, and then the last one was like a personal failure, like you just sucked at something and you made mistakes and your business didn't work out. It was always those three things that brought people to like the bottom of the bottom that they could either make a decision to rise above it or to stay down. And yeah, I as I looked at that, I'm like, you know what? That's that's so biblical. There are experiences like that for even within the Christian uh, journey and the Christian walk that it's often those three things that can knock us down. Um, and yeah, the other thing that he said with loss, it was loss as in physical loss, like someone has died, or relational loss as in a divorce, um, a loss, you know, friendship, or a loss of someone that was close to you. It wasn't just like physically that you've lost them because they're dead. It was actually even relational loss. Um, so, 
yeah, as I looked at those three aspects, I was like, wow, that is so valid for so many applications within, you know, the Bible narrative. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, these situations knock everyone down, the believers and the unbelievers. So yeah, the next stage is going to be me tying in the things that I learned from these worldly unbelieving heathens and how much inspiration they brought to me and how much inspiration they brought to me on a level that is very spiritual, um, very Christian. At this point, I still didn't want to really, I didn't want God in me in the same room still. Um, but yeah, as I saw their struggles, as I saw their pain, and as I saw all the the vulnerability that they had to experience, it really softened me up for the next stage where I was like, okay, let me weigh this thing up. Like the grass does seem greener on the other side, but is it as green as, as we think? You know, there's a meme that goes around, the grass is greener on the other side, but that's because it's fake. And that's probably what I want to go into it a little bit more for our third episode. So, um, yeah, I hope you, uh, yeah, I hope this episode is a little lighter than the first one. I know that the first one was always going to be heavy, but yeah, this, this second stage was really inspiring. And, and I think God was very good in that he knew I didn't want to get inspiration from anything biblical. I didn't want to get any encouragement from anything that had to do with him. Um, but he was very wise in allowing me to get inspiration from people that, you know what, they didn't give any credit to God. Um, and when we connect that with the Christian walk, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's even more uplifting. Um, so even though these people had no Christian foundation, even though they didn't turn to God for some supernatural divine power to overcome their situation, what God did show me is that these people were able to surpass a lot of things by themselves with their own will and with their own determination they didn't need a miraculous answer to those prayer and and I think that that is what I came out of in the second stage I'm like you know what God's sorry that I've actually been expecting you to do so much when there was so much that I could do Um, and I went into the second stage with this idea of you know what God I actually don't need you to get past this stage I can actually do it by myself and then in the third stage I'm like so what's the purpose then of having God come along for the journey and yeah that's what I'll be sharing with you for the third episode um so yeah thank you for joining for this second episode and like I said please continue to listen to the third episode so if you already started binging on the first one you have to finish all three so it's it's entree main and dessert because dessert will be sweet for sure all right thanks for joining us until next episode my prayer my hope and my desire is that you stay warm in god's love that you stay cool for jesus's name and stay on fire with the holy spirit ciao for now